Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Do you know what Upwork is? It's one word. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. U-P-W-O-R-K, Upwork. Well, if you're thinking no, you're just like I was about nine or ten months ago. I had no clue what Upwork was. So here's a quick analogy. Upwork is like a digital file cabinet for job postings. You remember those metal file cabinets and you would pull out the long drawers and they would be full of manila folders. And inside the folders, there would be papers that are organized by a specific system. We still have one of those in our office and we use it to file any bills that actually come to our house. And so it's somewhat organized. I admit I'm a little behind on the filing, but you get the point there. Instead of it being an actual metal file cabinet, Upwork is a digital filing system for jobs. And the great thing is you don't sort through every file folder there. When you set up your profile, the initial questioning, when you get onto Upwork, you click exactly what it is that you do as a service provider. So therefore, the only jobs that land in your feed are ones that you're interested in. For freelance service providers, Upwork is a great tool for finding jobs from companies who are looking for people just like you. Now, my product providers, please don't click off of this episode. My fantastic guest, Carly Chetton, talks about the power of a profile. Product providers and service providers need to know about how to write powerful profiles. I know, for example, wholesale websites require their creatives to complete profiles to let other buyers know exactly who they're buying from. There's power in profiles and Carly spends a lot of time talking about how to write a great profile for Upwork and her advice works for so many other platforms as well. In fact, Carly has gotten so good at Upwork, she no longer has to apply for jobs or sort through her feed, I should say, for the jobs that she wants to apply for. She actually has companies coming to her and saying, hey, I just posted this job on Upwork. I think you would be fantastic for this position. Please apply. That would be like getting a DM that says, oh my goodness, I just found you. Please let me give you some money. Let me purchase your service or your product. Carly says in this episode, she's actually using Upwork as a lead gen. She studied it and she perfected her profile along with a certain other things. You're going to want to listen to this. Carly is super kind. She gives all kinds of value. I thoroughly enjoyed my chat with her and I think you will too. So without further ado, here is the fabulous Carly Chetton. 
Carly, I am so happy to have you on today. Carly and I know each other. We work for another client. She and I share a client. She is working with branding. I'm working with copywriting. And over that time, through that collaboration, she and I started talking and she told me a little bit about her story of how she got started in her own business. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, Carly, you have to share this with my audience because Carly, I'm telling you right now, this audience is jammed packed full of creative, hardworking, small business owners. They're always looking to learn something new. And then of course they decide for themselves whether it's a good fit for them or not. And so I'm excited about this conversation with Upwork. I had another dear friend of mine just asked me recently about Upwork and what I know about it. And I said, hold up. I have an expert coming on. <laughs> so <laughs> Carly is here today to talk about Upwork. I'm going to be quiet. Introduce yourself, Carly. Tell us how you got started and a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. Um, a little bit around myself. I started my business just about a year ago, like on the dot. Um, I My story is very unconventional in getting into freelance and in that it was definitely by accident. I had had a corporate career leading up to December of last year, and I was, I was working in Cleveland. I ended up moving out to Denver, Colorado, and was working remotely that job for a bit, but wanted to find a local opportunity at a tech company out here doing marketing work. And I quit my job in December, and I was like, I want to do some solo travel, and this was all pre-thought to COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, quit my job. I ended up coming back to Colorado. I did a lot of intensive interviewing. It was a super competitive process. I was having a really hard time finding a job. Finally landed a job at a tech company out here. They had me slated to start like beginning of March and rescinded the job oh. offer when everything was really hitting the fan with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I looked around me when that was happening. I've always been like a high aspiring corporate career gal and was like, no one is hiring right now. This is a mass market freeze. And I'm not going to, I guess, sit around and just submit job applications. I'm going to, you know, put myself to work. I want to start, you know, um, like actually doing something that's going to have a return, like on my time mm -hmm. right now, just because I wasn't really sure, honestly, how I was going to make ends meet. And I had had a girlfriend who was a graphic designer who had gotten her start using Upwork, this freelancer platform. And she noted to me that um, it was kind of a, a platform where there wasn't a lot of high budget projects, but it was an excellent place to get started. And so I launched my business on there in April, drawing on my background, working in a creative digital marketing agency as a brand strategist and working as a market Intel analyst at a software company in Cleveland. And I basically took those two very different experiences and said that <laughs> I am a brand strategist with a background in market research, and I can help you to set yourself apart as a business by doing really in-depth uh, research into your competitive environment and your target audiences to craft a brand identity that differentiates you and resonates with your target buyer. Um, so I got a little bit crafty with positioning there, um, and I'm excited to have grown the business to exceed six figures in revenue in its first 12 months as a business, which dang woman, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a little bit different of a story than I expected going into thinking that it was only clients with a hundred dollar budgets on the platform. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really grown and I'm a huge advocate of Upwork. I think it's a stellar place to, whether it's a foundation for you as a freelancer, or it's something that you build a business model off of, it is just a stellar place to start a business. So that's kind of okay. my whole spiel. Okay. The spiel is so good. And there's, there's two or three things I want to dive into before we get into our first official question. And we're definitely, if you're not familiar with Upwork, we are going there in just a second, but I want to go back to talking about what Carly does. And she was talking about being a brand strategist with a background in research. And you know, Carly, from the work that we're doing with, with our client and my listeners know too, how important that research of your customers and even your competitors, because that's what you're offering your, your clients as well is imperative. And so I just want to stop and talk about that just as a reminder to all of us and research doesn't have to be super fancy. It can, it can be extremely fancy, but it also doesn't have to be. It can really just be talking to your customers and looking hard at the competitors, what, the, what websites, what, what their website looks like, what their emails look like, things like that. So I just want to pause on that and say that what Carly offers is something that a lot of companies are definitely looking for. So let's talk now about, tell everybody exactly what Upwork is. Not everybody's familiar with that. Yeah. So it is a freelancer marketplace that allows clients. So anybody that has a project need, find freelancers with expertise in that specific area. So you can go to Upwork for a lot of different project needs. They have categories across accounting and finance, sales and marketing, development and IT, writing and translation, design and branding, and even like virtual administration and like customer support. So huge broad categories of different types of skill sets that you can hire out. Um, and if, for example, like just to offer a little bit of background on mm -hmm. that, if I was a small business owner and I didn't know anyone in my personal network to help me build my own website, for instance, mm -hmm. I could create a job posting on Upwork, browse freelancers who look like they could be a good fit with that skill set, and invite them to apply to my job. Or I can just uh, create the job posting and put it out there. It's sort of like Craigslist almost where yeah. you can have people find the posting and then they can submit bids to you. Um, based upon their understanding of being a good fit for you. So you can be proactive in finding the right freelancer for you, or you can kind of let people come to you too. Um, and it's really obviously great and easy to find great talent from a client perspective on there. But from a freelancer side of things too, Upwork is an amazing platform because, well, there's like a lot of reasons, but the first is that it's actually a very viable way to make a living. Um, I think there's a stigma around it. If you've heard of it in the past, that there's only clients with $100 budgets, but increasingly we're seeing Fortune 100 companies getting on the platform because they're recognizing that hiring a freelancer is a lot more affordable. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more agile than bringing mm -hmm. on like a $100,000 plus agency to fulfill on the work that they need done. Um, it's not difficult to persuade someone when they know that they have a talented freelancer that can just hop in and knock the project out in two days when your corporate team is way bogged down with timelines and deadlines and stuff like that. So increasingly, there's more recognition amongst major enterprise companies that Upwork um, offers them connected talent that can really fulfill on their all of their needs very quickly and cheaply. Um, so I've done projects for Johnson & Johnson before, and I've like come into contact with companies that have five figure budgets, like 
there's like really big players that are increasingly posting jobs on the platform and Upwork has like a business to business strategy where they are trying to build relationships with these major companies. So there's definitely like corporate big names like Microsoft, GE, major players that are coming to this platform space that you can as a freelancer work for, which is a pretty cool opportunity. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, in addition to that, it works really great because you can find clients that are ready to pay you immediately. I think one of the biggest challenges in getting started in freelance is like, okay, I have these skills. So how do I get in front of people that need them? So Upwork does a really good job of immediately connecting you with people that are ready to go, ready to pay you. Um, and the other beautiful thing about it too, and this was great for me in getting started like in the intern before finding another job is what my initial plan was. But like, you don't need an LLC to immediately begin doing this work for clients. Mm. You don't need to have a formal business entity formed. You can kind of hop on and while it's definitely recommended that you form an right. LLC, if you right. plan to long-term do this, you can get started pretty quickly. So those are some of the reasons why I recommend it for getting started. You know, I love those reasons because like you said, freelancers are often very specific niche down talented individuals. In fact, I did an episode recently with Emily Perrin and she was talking about job postings and, and the difference between, you know, hiring an employee versus hiring a freelancer. And she talked about the fact that freelancers are often those that are extremely niched down and you do hire them for particular projects. And you're right. Huge corporations are starting to realize we can get a lot done or this piece of that project done very quickly by hiring somebody, by hiring a freelancer. And guess what? Upwork is a platform that just hosts a lots of freelancers sitting there. Um, we do want to mention too, Upwork, of course, it's not completely free. Upwork is going to take a cut. Am I telling that correctly? If what you get paid, it will take a cut of that, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the same so, thing to post your job as well. If you're working on the other, on the flip side. Yes. I am not as familiar with what they charge on the client side, mm -hmm. but on the freelancer side, you, for, for both types of projects. So there's two different types of projects you can complete. You can complete hourly projects or you can complete fixed rate, which will, I yep. think we're going to talk yeah, about. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so they will take a cut of that depending on especially for fixed rate, there's like a scale and mm -hmm. I, I would need to fact check on the actual numbers, but it's anywhere between 10 to 20% of a mm -hmm. cut they will take. I basically, my pricing strategy accounts for that, for mm -hmm. Upwork taking that as a cut. And I, the way that I justify it is because I'm not spending any money marketing myself elsewhere on any platforms, I'm okay with spending a small cut of my project portions to be on Upwork where I'm actively marketed to people that it's a primed market. No, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. It doesn't bother me overly. I just felt like anybody that was brand new to Upwork, we did want you to know that it's it's not completely free. Like most things in life, it's not going to be free. And Carly made a great point. You are going to pay some way. Either you're going to pay with your money or you're going to pay with your time on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all these other things promoting yourself. So I'm like you. If I get a client from Upwork, I'm like, fine, take your cut and move on. It was less work on my part. So what are some tips that you would share with somebody for getting started on Upwork? And right now we're going to talk about from being the freelancer side. So we're the ones providing the service and we're looking for a job. 
how would you, because that's the, that's the part that Carly and I are most familiar with, and she is by far the expert. What are some tips for getting started? Yeah. So for anyone that's beginning to build a presence on the platform, there's four kind of core areas that I would encourage you to think about. The first is to really emphasize the quality of your profile, which is where clients go to learn more about you as a freelancer, what your skill set is, what are your credentials, what's your past work, what past projects you have. And as you build and actually complete projects on the platform, you can actually go to your profile to read clients' reviews of what you're like to work with. So this is kind of the, the house for your positioning and your personal brand as a freelancer. The number one thing and mistake that I see freelancers making when they start on Upwork is they make their profile all about them, which is what you naturally would think you would need to be doing as a, as a freelancer. I see a lot of people that are like, I love doing this type of work, or I don't do this kind of work, or they, they write about their preferences as a freelancer when the story that you need to be telling in your profile is centered completely around the client. The mm. best way to captivate someone and to get them to want to take the next step in working with you is to convey to them the impact that you're going to have for their business and telling the story of how you take them from point A to point B and how you are the only one to really do that. Um, so oh instead of saying, these are my services, you say, this is the impact of my services on your business. So like in my profile, for example, I say, I'll help you stand apart from your competitors with a brand identity that differentiates you. So like, I'm really leading with the value that I'm delivering as opposed to the how, which is my services, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes a ton of sense. And I'm jotting notes like crazy. I do this with every guest and every one of them blow me away. And so now you've got me over here on the side of my margins and it's not even making sense anymore because that was <laughs> such a good tip. And I'm sitting here cringing Thinking about my profile on Upwork, the house that I've built is all focused on me, Carly. I'm <laughs> completely embarrassed and I know better. This is the thing. I'm a copywriter. I know better, Carly. I know not to make it about myself. So yes, Carly, one of my first things I will be doing is working <laughs> on my profile when we get done with this. <laughs> but I love that. Lead with the value. And I appreciate you giving an example of what it is with you being a brand strategist with a background in research, you're like the impact I bring to you, you're going to be different. You're going to stand out from your competitors right there. We could end the conversation right here, Carly, but we're going to keep going. Cause that was so good. Okay. So we got to start with our quality of our profile. We cannot, it cannot be about ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And just like as a little add on to that too, in your profile, when, when I say it should be about the client, I would say leading with the story to the client, giving them a, at least a good enough of a picture of what you actually do. So that's mm -hmm. like kind of the piece that you want to emphasize is what you do. Um, and I, I take the chance to really break down in three phases, what the client can expect in working with me, because if you put yourself in the client's shoes, they're ready yep. to make a, a big investment. They want to know exactly what they're going to be walking away with. So I compartmentalize my services across foundations where we discover your market context, the work that actually gets done. So the strategy for differentiation, and then the expression that really brings that to life, sometimes in the form of copywriting. So I basically try to take the, the client through a journey and what it actually means to work together and vividly paint that picture. That tends to be another great way to, to think yeah. about how you want to include content in your profile. And 
let me go back, Carly. And right, that is all just in your profile. Yes. Because oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. That is that is brilliant. And it's something that sales coaches, I've got I've had three fantastic ones on this podcast. And that's something they talk about that you never leave somebody wondering what's it gonna look like to work with you. And so that's brilliant that you're just putting it straight up in the profile right away. And I just, I want to say something really quickly before we move on. I want you guys to understand, anybody listening to understand when someone comes across a profile, like what Carly's talking about, that does get you the type of jobs that you're looking for. If you have a profile that says something like, I like to write, you are only going to be offered the $50 jobs. That's it. <laughs> but if your profile sounds what like what Carly is suggesting, the big dogs are going to be interested in working with you. Okay, Carly, love the yeah. profile. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, so yeah, the second part that I would recommend people to think about is the portfolio that they're creating and showing on Upwork. So as part of your profile, you can upload past examples of work in like a PDF format, and you can even attach screen grabs if it's creative work. Um, And you can just basically describe what you did for the client. It's almost like a case study if you think Mm -hmm. about it that way. Um, And I think what's really challenging with this is a lot of people go on Upwork and they don't yet have that work experience yet. So one way that's really great to mitigate this is to offer the services that you want to sell on Upwork to clients on a pro bono basis. Mm -hmm. So whether that's reaching out to a friend or family member that has a business that you could do the service for, that's reaching out to people in your local community, or I used a platform called Taproot, which is Mm. a, a platform that connects creative talent with nonprofits who don't have the budget to hire someone formally to complete the marketing work that they need done. And you can come in and do that work for free. And then I used that work to start to build out the base of experience um, and show that I actually produce good, tangible work for clients. Cause I think, and this will kind of tap into my third tip is like really building out that proof and evidence of who you are. Your profile is obviously your chance to tell the client what you can do for them, but the examples of your work and even better, the customer testimonials are going to communicate what you do way better than you could yourself. That's so true. (laughs) That is so true. And I have never heard of Taproot. So thank you for sharing that. That is a fantastic way, like you said, to grow your own experience. But at the same time, there's a lot of us that have these skills that we would gladly give to an organization that is doing great work. And we would do it for free out of the goodness of our heart. And in the same time, it is growing our ability mm-hmm. and giving us a connection. So that's a fantastic site. Thanks for sharing that as well. We moved into number three, the third tip. The social proof piece. Thank so you. customer references or testimonials. So this more than anything is the number one thing that clients, when they reach out to me to invite me to jobs, they always comment on how good my reviews are. Because when you are, yeah, when you're like on a freelancer marketplace, as Upwork grows, it's going to be an increasingly saturated Mm -hmm. platform, right? You have a lot of freelancers out there that are making a lot of promises from the client standpoint as well. When you post a job, you can get up to hundreds Mm -hmm. of submissions. So clients are going to look for something outside of just what you promise to have that guarantee that their investment is is a good idea, right? And so obviously your portfolio plays into that. 
but even more so when you have clients that are just like raving about how fantastic you are to work with, that's key too. And before you even complete your first project on Upwork, you have the option too, and this is simple, but people don't typically think about it, of actually pulling in past like letters of recommendation quotes of like LinkedIn recommendations you've received, or even like praise you've received over email from colleagues. Mm -hmm. You can pull that into your profile under a section that's like, what are, what others are saying? Okay. So that's what I have. And I have little snippets from my best, it's like best of client yeah. reviews. Okay. So that you're kind of guiding the customer or the prospect, the prospective customer to read those reviews, to kind of lock in everything that you're saying about yourself before that. So it just kind of adds an additional layer of proof to the fact that you're great to work with. And so you're saying that's interesting because I do know that on Upwork itself, there is a place that you can rate the freelancer and the freelancer can rate the company who they worked for as well. So it, it's a nice balance, but you're mm -hmm. saying even before you have even had your first job, you can still be grabbing reviews and recommendations like any small business owner would do and pull those in underneath your profile. Yeah. That's very smart. That's very smart. Is that what you did the, before you had your first couple of jobs on Upwork? Yeah. So I, like I drew from the college days. Um, I had some, some professors that had written some really nice reviews for me on my LinkedIn. So I pulled those in and I also, it's really important too for your first few jobs that you do receive uh, going above and beyond mm -hmm. on those first few jobs and ensuring that your first few reviews that come in are really strong. I think your success snowballs really fast when you have just like even like a few project experiences where people are just like singing your praises. It's super powerful. Okay. That's a great point. That's a great point. Okay. So tip number four. Tip number four is having patience. So <laughs> I love it, it. Is, it is the least tangible of the, the tips, but it is um, by far the most important one. I very much buy into mindset and energy when I approach this work. Um, Cause I don't want to burn out because I am my mm -hmm. business. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so ensuring that I always have an attitude of positivity, optimism, expecting that what's for me will come to me mm -hmm. makes mm -hmm. it so that I'm not gripping or showing up to client conversations frustrated or um, in, in like not a good headspace because clients mm -hmm. will sense that they really will. And I think um, as you're st getting started, there's going to be a little bit of tenacity required. It's a numbers game of submitting proposals after proposal. Um, and just ensuring that you don't take not getting the job as an indication of your worth, having that just be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just get the next one. And as you keep going, you're going to start to get traction, I think really fast, but it's just a matter of like being patient throughout the course of like getting that first, second, third job, I think is the most important indication of your ability to be successful in the long-term on the platform. You know, I think, I think that is, I think that's so right. And that's right with, with any aspect of small business, right? Um, I, I do work, I do some work on Upwork as well. And I recently, it's probably about a month or two ago. And I can't, I can't remember if I've mentioned on the podcast or not, but I had what I like to call turn down Tuesday. That's what I have referenced that day from here on forward, where I had two interviews with possible clients that had come from Upwork. They had a job posting. I applied. I had made it, you know, within the top five and got the interview. And I call it turn down Tuesday because obviously I got turned down two top two, two Carly. But 
it's really funny because the old me, the perfectionist me would have really been upset, but the small business um, person who realizes that that was actually practice in, in sales calls, essentially I was practicing selling my service and I just didn't take it personally. I was like, oh, well, it just wasn't meant to be. Like you said, you just don't grip that hard, but if, but if for nothing else, Anytime you get an interview on Upwork or anywhere, anywhere, it's practice. You know, it really is. It's just practice. Even if it doesn't work out, you're like, hey, somebody else I got to talk to about my service and I'll be even better the next time, you know? So I, I like that tip about um, being patient and just not gripping. That's a really good analogy, but like, not, you know, just holding on so tight to every single job because kind of like you said, not not every single job is really meant for you and it yeah. could be miserable a hundred percent I think what's helped me the most in going on to those sales calls too is having the recognition that I'm vetting the client just as much as they're vetting me preach it yes <laughs> yes because there's a lot of indications that can come up throughout the course of that first call where I've I've taken work or like I've I've encountered issues in future like the way that work has gone in the future from little things that I had an indication of on the first call and I still forge ahead with the work. And then I'm like kicking myself by the end of it. Cause I'm like, I knew that this was not going to go well in this way, you know? So. Yes. Yes. I've been there. And I know that there are listeners right now shaking their hair going, yes, I've been there. I knew I shouldn't have taken that client and I did it anyway. So comes back to, to, Tip number four, be patient. And if it doesn't work out or if you find yourself gripping too hard, there's probably a reason. Stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you mentioned, we mentioned a couple of minutes ago about hourly rate versus fixed price, I believe is the term, correct? Is that what Upwork calls it? And I think, I think this is a great conversation because I only learned about the fixed rate side of Upwork just a couple of weeks ago from, from a good friend of mine who was talking about it as well. Because the, when people post jobs, oftentimes it shows how much they're willing to pay hourly, at least from my, my side, you may have yours turned off now that it doesn't show that. And maybe that's how you can talk us through. And for me, I'm sitting here going, but I don't work for that hourly rate, but I'm still really interested in that job. So I want you to talk to us about the fixed rate. Um, how do we handle that when that's not really the rate that we work for anymore, but the job itself does sound like a great opportunity or experience for us. Yeah, so I think my answer would start with really what are your priorities? So if you're looking, okay. if your number one priority is I wanna do really awesome work for really great clients, price point for me would probably come a little bit below that if I'm okay. looking to really gain, gain exposure in a new industry, build out my experience, my skill set in a new area. Um, that I would say maybe be a little bit more flexible on the price that you're willing okay. to work for. Um, but again, it all goes back to like what matters most to you. Some people will, will do like really technical copywriting to make like high rates. Um, and they may not find the work as enjoyable, but there's, you know, if their number one priority is the price point, then that kind of guides your search. But, um, in general, I think, I don't let much deter me from reaching out to a client if I'm really excited about what the job entails. I found that clients, when they post that initial budget range, that isn't always set in stone. Mm -hmm. Many clients going back to like, just like putting yourself in their shoes, they don't really even 
know what it would cost to bring on a website designer or a copywriter. So they're just like, they're the first time on the platform, Upwork's making them enter a number. They're like, I guess 50 an hour, like, I don't know, or like fixed rate or whatever. So they'll put that, but then every opportunity that I, I see that I'm really excited about, my number one goal is not to like ask them questions around what the rate actually is or anything like that. My number one goal is to get them on the phone, getting them on the phone. Yes, ma'am. Preach yeah. it. <laughs> and like getting them on the phone, like, and I'll touch on this too, like in my proposals, I typically submit is like, you want the chance to like get to know them, vibe with them a bit, get a, get an understanding of their personality, their work style. What exactly is it that they're looking for? What's the scope? And that kind of leads you to have the conversations around pricing when you've already really sold yourself to them, mm-hmm. where they might be willing to pay like a little bit of a higher price point, you know? Um, and also too, like their initial thoughts on what the project scope would involve is very different from what you as an expert would come in to estimate too. So I would think if it's the right fit, they'll have the flexibility to meet you where you want to be price-wise. And I, I typically have found success in that. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. And you're right that most of the time they're on Upwork to look for an expert, copywriter, branding photographer, brand strategist. They don't themselves know the work. That's why they're hiring somebody. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they just do it themselves or they would, they would have somebody in house. That's not under 14 deadlines already. And so you're right. A lot of times they don't know the amount of work, but the point you made about getting them on the phone and really fleshing out the project a little more, when they start talking about it, you start asking your expert questions when it eventually does come to price. It's not such a hard sell because you have now fleshed the project out for them to be like, oh, this wasn't them sitting down and writing me two sentences and they're done, you know, Mm -hmm. without a ton of research and stuff. So I think that's a great point. So for you, have you found that you have more, do you feel more secure as a brand strategist with the fixed price model or do you still go with the the hourly rate? How do you go about navigating that conversation? Mm. It's a great question. I think it depends on the project. Mm-hmm. So if a client is coming to the table with a highly defined project scope that I have experience in and I kind of know the ins and outs of what's it, what it's going to involve from an hour standpoint, um, the most common project I do is that type of project and I always do fixed rate. Mm-hmm. There have been some situations where scope kind of expands as the project goes on, right? Um, and, and those are the times where I kind of kick myself for doing, um, a fixed rate, mm-hmm. but I always, am like, yeah, I should have known this was a little bit more nebulous. There wasn't a lot of definition. If, if it's a project where the client isn't really sure how it's going to evolve, I would recommend hourly. Okay. That's a because, great point. Just because it kind of gives you the flexibility to evolve and adjust over time. And, and the, the beauty of the hourly projects too, is that you are automatically paid as the work Mm. is completed. Whereas with the fixed rate ones, you have to submit milestones for the client's approval. And it takes a lot longer, at least in my experience, to receive the payout for those milestones, as opposed to you have just basically logging hours and Upwork will automate your payment schedule with that. Okay. There's there's pros and cons to both Mm -hmm. depending on the client as well as the the nature of the project. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely comfortable with fixed rate. I'm to the point 
on the platform where I'll get invited to jobs. And if the fixed rate is um, a certain level that I'm, that's not like in my ballpark, but I think the job sounds good. I will literally tell them in my proposal. Um, I normally am working at this range. If you're still interested in learning more, like let's connect. So I don't waste anyone's time because yeah. from a fixed rate perspective, like if the client wants to pay $200 and I'm like looking at $2,000 for that price range, like let's just like honor each other's time and kind of move forward in a, in a clear and transparent way. No, I, I totally agree with that. We do not have time to go around and around about pricing. You know, it's just, it, I agree with that. I want to, I want to ask you about this too, because I love the fact you've mentioned this two different times and I'm sitting here like jealous going, she's being invited to, 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 you know, apply to jobs. Let's talk about this. How is this, how, how does this happen? Is this something that you can, is this a checkbox that you can do? Or is this something that has happened because you have done Upwork so well now for a year and you have a reputation? Tell us how you are getting invited to jobs because I know I'm going to have some service providers are like, I want to be able, I want to be there, I think. So how, how has this happened for you? Yeah, so definitely is going back to the idea of prioritizing delivering excellent work when you're just starting. I know that's probably inherent to everyone mm -hmm. listening to this because you're listening to a podcast around how to be a better small business yeah. owner. So obviously that's going to be inherent to who you are. Um, because so much of your being recommended on the Upwork platform from an algorithm standpoint is contingent on your job success score, your reviews mm. that people are leaving, no one really knows the ins and outs of the algorithm, but I do know that from Upwork standpoint, they want to be surfacing the best freelancers that are delivering the best experiences that they keep the client coming back. So I think through having good experiences, like delivering really good work, having clients that love you, having upper tier job success scores, which is basically just like, are you, are clients giving you good reviews okay. in essence? Um, pairing that with having good experience on there. Like a, a lot of, I've completed like maybe 65 projects. So like that probably helps. These are a little <laughs> yeah. bit question marks, <laughs> but that probably helps. And then um, I think two keywords in your profile play a role. So like when you want to sell a product, like my headline, it says nothing about me. It literally just says the services that I offer clients. And then my profile has all of those keywords doubled down on. And I, it's to the point where I think I'm on, I'm like the number one search result for when anyone types in brand positioning. I checked that a few weeks ago, but like so I'm on the smart. first page. <laughs> so, smart. so yeah, like just make sure that the algorithm can pick up like from like a machine Quickly. learning standpoint, yeah. the, the keywords in your profile, make sure you're doing a good job with your work. It's pretty straightforward, I think. Um, as you continue to build out success in the platform, more and more people are going to find you. Oh, that is so smart um, about the, the headline and the profile. And that's just SEO work right there. She's just being smart and making sure that you are very searchable on a platform. Because if we do need to say this out loud, I'm sure listeners have figured this out, but Upwork is, it's like any platform. It's not Google really. But at the same time, it's not really Instagram and Facebook. It's not social media, but it really is its own platform. So of course there's ins and outs to learn with every platform. But luckily we have somebody like Carly who has brought us, you know, light years ahead of what we need before we started listening to this, 
to this podcast until you talk. Um, this you have really opened my eyes on this. Let me ask you too. This this was not something we had planned to talk about. When you were first starting, how many how long did you spend on Upwork every day? So I know you have to go back kind of a year. Um, how long did you spend looking for jobs at that time? I I spent a lot of time. <laughs> I spent and most of it. Most of it was honing my profile and figuring okay. out what was working. It took me a long time to get the formula down that's working for me well. Um, so that most of it was like experimenting with what was going to work. And like I used to at the start write custom proposals for every job I submitted a bid for. Mm -hmm. And now my stance is that if you're spending more than five minutes on a proposal to a client, you shouldn't be doing that. I have... <laughs> I'm serious because, because your goal should be to get them on the phone. You don't want to give them your life story in the proposal. Like my, my proposals now I don't spend, I rarely spend any time on the platform unless I'm messaging back and forth with clients. I don't search new projects. Like it's, I've got it to a science, um, to like have people submit, um, invitations to, you. to me, yeah, which, to is, you. which is cool. Um, and I definitely like worked hard to get to this point, but like you can, my point is that you can make it an, a, an automatic lead engine for you if you put the right profile content out there. Um, so yeah, I have a little one note document where I literally have, here's my proposal, like my general cover letter. Here's my answer for a few of the things like people will ask like mm -hmm. custom questions. Mm -hmm. I have templated responses for those where like, I'll, I'll tweak them a little bit, but like for the most part, people just want to see that you can write a, a well thought out answer. Right. And that you, and that you actually read the, the, the entire proposal, but you made me so happy when you said templated, because as a copywriter, that is a huge thing. I talk to my clients all the time about, I'm like, save yourself some freaking time and template the things that you're asked most often, save it yeah. on your phone, save it in an email, your copy and paste, and you can add a little line of personalization here, but ultimately it is about you as a business owner responding you know, being kind and responding, but there's no reason to write a brand brand new dissertation every single day about a question that, you know, you've answered 14 times. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. And you are so right. Most of the questions are very similar. And I haven't thought about the point that they're really just checking your ability to communicate, to write mm -hmm. something that makes sense. And, and, and just, yeah, that it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that idea. And the five minute rule, that's a very good rule because as, as your student here, you'd be very ashamed of me because a lot of times my proposals are like 30 minutes and my, my dear friend and sales coach, um, she told me, Sarah Mae Dickinson told me recently too, a couple of weeks ago, she was like, girl, you are spending too long doing that. I was like, you're right. But I think it Carly goes back to what you said. If your if your profile is really honed in and your example work and your customer reviews are there, there's, there's not much else to talk about as long as you kind of address a couple of the initial questions they ask in the proposal, because you've really, there's just not else to talk about. So Mm -hmm. Am I hearing you correct that if you are going to have to spend a lot of time on the front end, but after you get some of those things honed in is less and less and less and less time and it's a legion. Yeah. Which I absolutely. love. 
if yeah if you put the time in at the beginning of just like getting things right and knowing that you're bringing in the right clients at the right price points it becomes less about tweaking what you're saying about yourself and more so like actually responding to the jobs that you do want and saying no to the ones that you don't like it, it really does be, like evolve and it does very quickly like i said it snowballs really quickly once you have those testimonials and the profile in place okay so, so let me ask you this this is a question that i plan to ask you so i'm going to ask you because we already know now that your business is a little bit different than what someone's going to be who's just starting on upwork so let's say that someone's just starting on upwork they've taken your advice and they've gotten their profile they're getting together their their portfolio their samples what would you suggest to be their typical process for when they do see a job that they are interested in? Mm -hmm. What steps so would you tell them to take? Yeah. So once you have the profile kind of nailed down, you have a beginning portfolio, you have at least some social proof, whether that's through past projects you've completed on Upwork or testimonials you've pulled into the profile copy. Once you're telling a really complete story, when people go to actually learn about you, your profile then becomes an invitation to chat to learn more. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not, here's all the reasons why I'm qualified or here's my credentials. And I graduated from this university with this degree and I have experience working at these companies. That to me is, I started doing those. Like that's where I kind of started because I think that's a little bit common sense as a, as a cover letter, as a proposal. But I've shifted that over time where my profile tells that story and my job in reaching out to someone with the proposal is saying, hey, first name, you always want to try to do your due diligence and finding their yes. name. Yes. Preach it. You can do a little bit of research. If you mm -hmm. look at when someone invites you to a job or you see someone post a job, there will be a little column that says about the client and you can actually click into the reviews that other people are leaving for them. I do that too. <laughs> yeah. It's a gene. It's a great way to stand apart. Because you don't want like there's the client's going to get a bunch of robotic responses where it's like, hello, comma, you know, instead of saying like being like a human, being like a friendly person that hey, seems Carly. great to work with. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, Rachel, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. I think I'd be a great fit for this project. I've attached a few relevant job samples. So like try to attach like some relevant past portfolio work that you think applies to the client's industry or the nature of the work that they're looking for. Um, and then I'll also say, if you're interested in learning more, I would love to take that chance to connect with you. Here's my automated calendar link that you can directly book a time to chat. It's like a 15 minute free discovery conversation. Um, thank you for your consideration and looking forward to hearing from you, Carly. It's super straightforward. It makes it really easy to take the next step because all they have to do is click my link, pick a time and it's on the calendar. There's no back and forth around when are you available? What are you not? I use Calendly, Yep. but there's other services like a pointlet I've heard of. Um, there's lots of different platforms that offer like free um, yes. calendar services. Yes. So you want to like classic copywriting too. You always want to have that call to action, right? So you mm -hmm. want to give that, that customer the next step instead of going back and forth over messenger a bunch. Yes. Get them on the call. And then I have a whole pitch deck that I use to close the work. And oh. I have pretty good success with that. Cause I think, I think a lot of freelancers might show up to that first call with some general questions, which is good. But if you have like, all right, this is how I do it. This is how I'll work with you to do this, 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 and this. Here's the outcome of the, the work. I read in the proposal that you were looking for this, this, and this. I have experience doing this, this, and this, like just nailing it on the head, showing that you paid attention to what they're looking for, showing them that you have a process 
and making it mm -hmm. really easy to take next steps of working together. Um, keeping it as straightforward and simple as possible for the customer is, is the way to win the work, in my opinion. Really? <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot. So, I mean, I'm just so happy, but there, there's several things that you said there that really um, stand out. I want to point out, you talked about the taking just that little extra step of finding somebody's name. I cannot... I cannot say how enough how important that is. And as a copywriter, even if you don't use somebody's name, but in that situation, there's no reason not to like poke around, find, find the name. Um, and then, but having any chance that you can stand out, do it, do it. Your copy should always stand out. It doesn't mean you have to say crazy things, but just finding somebody's name is so important or if you come across what company it is that they're working for being able to put that one sentence in of like you know i checked out your website and it looks like you are doing a super cool that you know that project that you guys are working on is super cool that one little piece of research that takes you five minutes max because i know we're trying to keep it under five minutes but mm -hmm. that makes you stand out in a hundred different people applying for that and then what you said about the next step of getting them on the call and making sure that that process is super easy for them, because we all know that people buy what's easy mm -hmm. and they're coming to you. We have to keep reminding ourselves too. They're coming to you as a freelancer because they want your expertise. And if you show up and you don't look like an expert and, and they're like, this is my project. How would you do it? And you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll figure it out then. <laughs> That, that doesn't make it easy. It's confusing. And they're going to go with somebody who has a pitch deck like you, Carly, who can tell them totally how it's going, how it's going to play out. And they're looking for that expertise, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so if you can show up on the call as the expert, you stand out. Yeah. You definitely stand out. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier about gripping too, where like, if you show up to the call and you're ready to go and you're prepared and you're optimistic that if it's for you, it's for you and you'll, you'll win the work, you have a confidence about you that mm -hmm. they're seeking. They don't want to go to someone that's like <laughs> questioning or not sure, or like they want to pay you so that you can add the level of confidence that they're missing yes. around that skill set not being there. I would say more than 50% of my value add is the confidence that I give my clients. And like, not only am I getting the work done for them, but I'm, I'm by their side, holding their hand every step of the way as they're, a lot of them are startup owners. So there's still so many question marks and they're in their journey to mm -hmm. being a business where like, if you can just offer them some level of solace and peace of mind in one area, <laughs> they will be your client for life. They will like, they'll love to come back to you just for the psychological purpose of like you giving them confidence and clarity. I, I totally agree with you. And it was, I was about to use the exact same word solace when you say it popped out of your mouth at the same time. I was thinking because you're right. <laughs> we all are, we're all looking, no matter what we buy, who, what services that's, Honestly, what our human brain is searching is is searching for survival. Donald Miller stuff with Story Brand, and he's got um, market. He's got a new book out now too, but he's talking about that our brains run from confusion. So, as freelancers, if we can offer, you know, a solid platform, a foundation for our clients, they are so they are likely to go with us. And just having a pitch deck, being it being prepped just speaks volumes. And so this conversation, Carly has, uh, just is so good. It's just like, got me excited about just not just Upwork, but about getting on the next call with a client, because it doesn't matter whether you're using Upwork or not. When you get on that call, 
you've got to be prepped. Upwork is just a really good opportunity because we happen to know a lot more about that project because we literally read about it. We don't always have that when someone when someone comes to us through their website, you know, we can set some things, questionnaires and that kind of stuff, but Upwork does provide us a little insight into that. Um, Carly, I've loved this conversation. I know there's people that are going to, I know there's people listening that want to know more about finding you and the things that you're offering. So please tell us where we can find out more about you, Carly, and how you're helping others like you gain, um, gain some momentum in Upwork. Yeah. So the majority, so my business right now, so I am launching a business that's helping freelancers build the business of their dreams. I'm very in initial stages of setting up my website and I will be creating a Facebook group for community camaraderie support. But right now, if you do want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at Carly, C-A-R-L-Y Chetton. It's C-H-E-T-O-N. Um, and then you should, obviously should connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there, Carly Chetton. I don't think there's any other Carly Chettons to my knowledge. So you should be able to find me pretty easily <laughs> if you search my name. Um, and just like as a quick note too, I am in the process of taking on clients for getting your first client. So I'll be working with you. If you haven't yet established your freelance business or you're looking to advance your freelance presence, um, I am offering three-week strategy intensives where we work together one-on-one to get your Upwork profile set up, build out your services strategy, craft your website, um, basically everything you need for your toolbox in building a lucrative and scalable freelance business. So <laughs> tell them, because, and let me say this out loud too, we are recording at the end of April and it's 2021. So just in case, when, whenever someone's listening to this, currently that her program, getting your first client is just getting started. So would the, would they be best to reach you at Instagram, DM you at Instagram and message you on LinkedIn if they're interested in getting into this program? Yeah. I love the fact that it's three weeks intensive. I love the fact that you're like, Hey, we're not taking six months to get this thing <laughs> off the ground. And I know that that partly comes from your own background. Now you didn't have six months to get this figured out. You're like, my job is rescinded. I've got to get started like yesterday. And so you did. And so I love the fact that it's three weeks intensive and that things are going to get done in those three weeks to, to get things started. So I, I love that. So if you're interested in that program, like I said, it's the end of April, 2021, when she and I are, uh, are officially recording this and you can reach her on Instagram or LinkedIn. Carly, this conversation has been so good. So good. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. It was so, such an honor to be here. It's Rachel again. Carly was a wonderful guest. I am really blessed with the type of guests that come onto this platform who so willingly share all of their knowledge, their kindness, their goodness. Carly was no different. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I already admitted in the episode that my notebook was full of things jotted down and I looked through those things as I prepped for this outro. I'm gonna share with you in just a second the four principles that Carly said we need to begin and to begin successfully on Upwork. But before I do that, I definitely wanna remind you about my own services. If you know that you're not clear on your ideal customer, head to my website, inspiretoengage.com 
forward slash online courses. There I have a short course. It will take you less than three hours. It's right at $20. But what it is helps you get really clear on who it is that you serve. It's a step that most of us miss. And if you're like me, you might miss it for several years. And that causes angst, confusion, a feeling of hopelessness because you, you're you getting nowhere. The ideal customer is important for you to recognize. And this course takes you one step further. It helps you to think about your ideal customer, but also write a short story or maybe a better word is description of this ideal customer so that you can visualize this person as you sit down to write social media posts, web pages, maybe you're going to a networking event, you want to be able to talk to that person well. Okay, one more time, head to my site, inspiretoengage.com forward slash online courses. The course is called Creating an Ideal Customer Story. And if you're confident that you know your ideal customer and you want help with your writing, you will also find my services at my site, inspiretoengage.com. I offer coaching, which is like you and I kind of sitting at the desk together and going through some specific copy. Of course, we do it virtually. Or you may say, Rachel, I have more money than I have time right now. I want you to write it for me. You will also find my done-for-you services there as well. Now, back to Carly and all the genius that she shared with us about Upwork. I want to quickly remind you of the four principles that she said we need when approaching Upwork. And I would also push it further and say these are the principles that we need when we are adding ourselves to a profile of something like Upwork or the wholesale wholesale site fair, those allow buyers to see exactly who they're buying from. And it's definitely more detailed and niched down than something like Facebook or Instagram. So these four principles are going to go well with any type of thing like Upwork or fair. I know there's others out there and I've just went blank. Here they are. Number one, Carly said, the quality of your profile matters. That's hard for somebody like me who I'm always in a hurry and I'm just getting myself on that that new platform. Like I'll worry about it later. But if you wanna get serious, your profile matters. Remember to put not, to put things not all about what, about us, but about how our skills can take a business from point A to point B. Remember to mention the skill set that you do offer, any past projects, and as I said a few minutes ago, or a few seconds ago, make it about the impact that you can offer a business that's going to hire you. Principle number two. Be sure to include past examples of your work. If you are new to Upwork, you may not have past examples from that platform itself, but that's okay. We definitely have things around us that show the quality of our service. Those need to be there. And if you put the shoe on the other foot, you're not going to hire someone that just says, hey, trust me, I'm really good at this. No, you're going to hire someone that says, 
look how good I am. You can literally look through my examples. Your prof, your, I'm sorry, your portfolio matters. Be sure to take time to upload your work. Show off the quality of what it is that you do. Principle number three, customer testimonials. We've heard this before, right? Testimonials really do matter because once again, if you put the foot, the shoe <laughs> on the other foot, you know that we all like to hear someone else's experience with a company. Customer testimonials do matter. Carly went on to say, it doesn't matter if you've worked on Upwork before or not. You probably have customer, customer testimonials or you have kind words about something that you've done. Grab those and be sure to include them in your profile. And the last tip, the last principle that we have to have when we begin Upwork or with any new platform is we have to have patience. Yes, sometimes things take off very quickly and then other times it's a slow go. Patience is always going to help you be better in the long run. I like what Carly said too, that it kept her from gripping at jobs that maybe in the long run weren't a great fit for her. I loved this episode. I like that Carly shared so much insight about Upwork, but her advice is applicable to many other situations that we business owners often find ourselves in. Okay, until next episode, keep rocking. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.